Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, conversations designed to help you as you live, learn, and lead through pain. And now the host of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, Davey Blackburn. Hello and welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. I'm Davey Blackburn, your host, and joining me, Emily Schiltz. Emily, how are you? Good. Good. Welcome to this podcast. Yes. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> You're in quite a goofy mood today. I can see. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Maybe it's because we're going to talk about your favorite topic, and that is preaching. I don't know if that's my favorite. <laughs> Maybe that's my favorite topic. That made me so nervous you said that. My stomach was like, You're like, Whoa. wait, what are we talking about? Hold on. We're talking about preaching today. We're talking okay. about preaching. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. You've, Let me get serious. You have started preaching. I have. Yeah. You've been preaching in our student ministry. Mm-hmm. You preached at Wave I did. Camp. This yeah. is a This is kind of a new territory for you. For sure. Talk to me about the ups and downs, the highs and lows, the frustrations, difficulties, the things you love. Oh, that's so many things. All of it. Yeah. So I think <laughs> when I think about preaching, and you know, I've realized this is probably a good thing, but I feel super unqualified. Mm, that's definitely a good thing. Yeah. If you felt highly qualified to preach, <laughs> you are disqualified right. to it's preach. True. It's, it's true. kind of this, yeah. Yeah. So when you said, let's talk about your favorite thing, preaching, and my stomach sunk, it's because <laughs> literally, like, it's so funny. I think the times that I've preached, I felt so nervous leading mm. up to it, like confident in what Jesus has asked me to say, um, but so nervous about like, am am I really the one that you're asking to say these things wow. to this group of people, you know? And so it's funny because growing up, um, when I when I used to sing, mm-hmm. I would have to like pee so bad right, right before. before. Right before. And I'd be you're like- You're a nervous I, peer too, huh? Yeah, I'd be like, I just peed like two seconds ago. Like, how do I have to pee? There's nothing in there. <laughs> and um, I literally feel that way every time that- Before you have to preach. Yeah. And I don't feel that way about singing anymore. Um, I think I still feel a little nervous, but it's more of like the the weight of leading people to worship. Not necessarily I'm nervous to sing, but I feel so nervous to (laughs) preach. Um, But I think, you know, recently I saw something on... um, Caleb White's Instagram. He's mm, a Caleb a, White. Yeah, he's a teacher at um, New Spring. He's on their teaching Shout team. Shout out right? to Caleb if you're listening. He's hey, on the teaching Caleb. team there. Yeah. Yeah, and he was talking about. Um, I think every once in a while he'll do these things on Instagram. That's like ask me a question. And he had said something about, um, hey, preachers or speakers, if we're only approaching the Bible. Um, for a word to give to other people, then we're doing it completely wrong. Wow. Like preaching should be out of the overflow yep. of what God is teaching us yep. in our quiet time. And I feel like that's really what Jesus has put on my heart over the past, wow. what has it been? Maybe like a year and a half yeah. since mm-hmm. I've kind of stepped into speaking at student section and at our wave camp um, that like Jesus will use the overflow of what he's teaching me right. to speak life into other people. Um so I feel like that's, that's, that's what so I've been good. encouraged by is that yeah. I, you know, even in my nervousness of of speaking to a group of people, knowing that, hey, you know, if I've learned this three months ago, right. there's going to be a perfect opportunity to share that with a group of people or my small group yep. or even maybe in a, in a one-on-one conversation with somebody who comes up at the end of service for like prayer. Right. Um, right. That everything that we've learned can be presented in some way to encourage or spur someone else on. Yes. And so I think if we have that perspective about preaching or speaking or, I mean, at the end of the day, preaching is encouraging, it's right? It's exactly right. It's celebrating yep. people where 
where they are or it's meeting people where they are celebrating any next step that people are taking and then encouraging them to take more. So um, I feel like Jesus has just kind of reshaped my perspective about what that means, what it means to preach that, yes, it is a gift and it's a privilege, Mm. but that he will qualify you. That's it. Yeah. So good. Well, and you may be thinking as a listener, like, why are you talking about preaching? How's this applicable to me (laughs) even? But I think what you just said makes it very applicable to all of us because I think it it tells us that actually we're all preachers. Yeah. Like every one of us, especially as a follower of Jesus. Yes. Really, we're all preachers. We're preaching something. Mm-hmm. We're sharing something out Whether of Whether with your word or with your life. Right. Even. We're sharing yeah. something out of the overflow of our heart. Mm-hmm. But as someone who is trying to be intentional about pointing people to Jesus with your life, yes. um, you, are, you are a preacher still. And so yeah. God's word is getting embedded in you in your time with him. You're getting in God's word so that it can get in you. And it has to get in super, super deep. Yeah. It's got to be something that you live first. We live in a culture right now that is what you call a retweet culture. It's mm-hmm. like, especially in Christian circles, man, you see something that somebody says, and before you even internalize it and absorb it, you retweet it. Yes. It's like you borrow that material and just share it. Yep. And that's cool in the sense that there's a lot, there's a plethora of content out there that's helpful for us and that encourages us and inspires us. Yeah. But the question is, have you internalized that yeah. yet? Yeah. Have you first internalized it? And I think, you know, this is why overarching, you know, we've we've said this a lot, but like we are far overeducated beyond our obedience level. Mm. We have a lot of information about the Bible as Christians. We don't have a lot of transformation because there's not information plus application. Yeah. Which leads to tran- transformation. And so really preaching in and of itself, all it is, is what you just said absorbing some kind of a word. God's put something inside of your heart of fire in your bones from what you're learning personally, what you're going through personally, the testimony that you have personally. Mm -hmm. And it's absorbed so much inside of the fiber of who you are that when it releases out of you, it is, it is, it's so genuine and so authentic because it comes from this place of like, I've been walking through Yeah, this it's like a me too. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's all preaching is. So whether yeah. you're doing that in your workplace Mm-hmm. with someone, you're sitting down next to them and they're like, hey, I'm struggling with this. And you go, you know what? I feel like God's been teaching me this right now and maybe this is helpful to you. Yeah. That's preaching. Right. That's it. Yeah. You know, like- It's so true. Where, or if you're leading a small group, you know, it's like you're starting to hear and listen and discern what are the needs in the room. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, this is what I feel like God's been teaching me right now, which is why scripture says, be ready in and out of season. Right. Always be ready to like give some kind of a, a word there because you're always in the word. Yeah. Having something to to be able to give. And 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 I, I bring this up because the interview that we have today is with this this gal. Her name's Haley Morgan. Mm-hmm. And she is local to Indianapolis. Whoop, whoop, so whoop, we actually got to bring her in Hoosier. and talk to her in person. It was so much fun. Yeah. And she is a Hoosier. And um, but she just wrote a book called Preach to Yourself. And it is such a good book because whether you feel like you're able to preach to other people in any context, a room of 10,000 people or a room of one, right? we are all required to, and, and it's necessary for us to, as Christians, to preach to ourselves, mm-hmm. to preach the truth of our situation, well, really the truth of our Savior right. in the midst of our situation, yeah. rather than believing the lies of the enemy yeah. about our situation. One thing I heard at church home say out in Seattle. Church home. Church home. Um, Judah Smith. Judah Pastor Smith Judah Smith. Church, yeah. yeah. Church uh, I, I had taken a couple of our core volunteers out there a little over a year ago. 
um, to learn from their like next steps and, and prayer team. And the one thing that has stuck with me over the past year and a half um, has been, hey, when we are praying with people, mm. we need to pray the promise of yep. God and yep. not the problem. Wow. And so the same thing is true is as we're preaching to ourselves. I haven't sat down and actually read Haley's book myself, but I feel like this has to tie in yep. probably somewhere that like, hey, as we're preaching to ourselves, we have to know the promises know of the God promise. to be able to to be able to speak the promises of God yeah. over our life. But um, speaking yeah. of a retweet culture, I'm fairly confident we recorded this interview a little while back. I'm fairly confident that I actually said that very thing in my conversation <gasps> with her. I don't know if it was with her or someone else, but if you've been listening to the podcast, maybe you know where I actually said that. Yeah. I said it because you shared that with us. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, what a great word mm-hmm. that that is. That, you know, pray the promise over people rather than the problem. Right. In- incredible. So retweet. Boom. Retweet. Retweet. Boom. There it is. <laughs> it's good. Nobody uses Twitter anymore, Davey. Come on. No. It's all Instagram. It's I repost, really like yo. It. Yeah. Sorry, Twitter. Yeah. I don't sorry, love Twitter. You. Hey, before we hop into your interview with Haley, uh, four ways that our listeners can be involved with the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Um, And hopefully this will encourage you wherever you're at today, um, ways that you can take even next steps to be involved Mm -hmm. with the podcast. But um, the first thing that I feel like I always am super passionate about is just asking people to pray. Mm -hmm. I think Jesus' hand is so in this podcast um, from the stories that we get from you, listener, um, from the ways in which we're seeing other people um, be provided with hope, not through our words, but Jesus' words speaking through this podcast. And so if you guys can just continue to pray that Jesus would would bless this, that Mm -hmm. um, the ministry would grow um, so that other people can just experience hope and train for the trial that they're not yet in. Um, We always appreciate that. The Nothing Is Wasted podcast is like one of those things that is always on my prayer ledger personally. (laughs) Um, But also um, rating and reviewing the podcast is super helpful. Um, It allows us to hear from you, listener, Mm -hmm. how this podcast is encouraging you, but it also allows it to be more accessible to other people who maybe haven't yet found this podcast. Mm-hmm. Sharing it with your friends and family is always a treat yeah. um, for you uh, as you're able to share, hey, how this podcast has impacted you, but also um, just an opportunity, again, for other people to, to hear about the podcast. And Which last, I love, by the way, when people like on Instagram, they share. Yes. And you can see it on their story. And you're yeah. like, yeah. It's true. so fun. I don't know That's who you so are. That's so fun. So tag I'm, us. I feel like your family because you're like listening in. So Right. Cool. So tag. If you share it. Yes. Tag at Davy Blackburn, so and that we at can see. E.G. Schiltz. Yeah, at E.G. Schiltz. At E.G. Schiltz. Maybe. What? I do have a private Instagram, though. Oh, you do, so maybe you I can't. I do. Maybe I should make it public. So private. I am pretty private. So if you have requested me, listener, and I haven't accepted you, don't take it personally. <laughs> I just, you know, I love you still, wherever you, you are. if you give to the podcast, we will accept your <laughs> friend request. I don't that's true. No, that's like, probably thank not true. you, but we won't do that. I don't know. No, Maybe uh-uh. if we meet in person, if you come to resonate <laughs> and you shake my hand and I put a face with your name, then I'll accept you on Instagram. Uh. Come visit us anytime. <laughs> but the last way you can be involved with the Nothing Is Wasted podcast is to give. Um, you can go to davyblackburn.com slash give um, to give a gift there. Awesome. Well, let's step into this interview with Haley Morgan. It's going to be awesome. Yes. Hey, 
Haley, awesome to have you on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's great. Well, it's been a great pleasure just to talk with you mm-hmm. over the past 10 minutes or so and get to know mm-hmm. you a little bit. Um, but I would love for our listeners just to hear a little bit about where you are right now. Who are you? Mm-hmm. Where are you from? Mm-hmm. What's going on? What's your family like? Just mm-hmm. give us a little context as to who Haley Morgan is. Yeah, well, we're here in real life, so that's fun. Isn't I get great? to actually sit across from you. This is yeah. fun. Uh, so I live in Indianapolis. And, well, the northern suburbs of Indianapolis. I okay, feel like which one? We live in Noblesville. Okay, so, way but, up there. Yeah, but like we're like not just Noblesville. This doesn't matter to the people who are listening, but we're like <laughs> way, way up at the top yes. of Noblesville. We're up at Morse Lake. Wow. So we're way up there. Um, but our office is in Fishers, so we're oh, not cool, that far yeah. away. Um, yeah, I have four boys. Uh, oldest is 12. Youngest is almost six. And our house is crazy all the time. <laughs> I think they're trying to like bring it down to the studs every day. Like <laughs> they're just, they're remodeling yeah, your house. The, d- four the boys. demo part, anyway. Not <laughs> yeah. so much the rebuilding. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, my life is chaotic and crazy and good and <sighs> joyful and full. I hear a lot of like, "How do you do all the things?" Mm. And I don't do <laughs> a lot of the things. I have dishes piled up that are you know, probably like two dinners ago and laundry that needs to be folded and everything else. But <laughs> I write books. I have businesses. I'm just kind of like one of those creative people that has my hand in everything. That's fascinating. And okay. Tell us what businesses, what are the, what do yeah, you do? Um, I have a clothing boutique called nice. Nellie Taft and it's all made in the U.S. stuff. Very cool. And then we have a shipping business that ships for lots of different Companies. Okay, so kind of like a logistics business yeah. type thing. Okay, yep. very cool. Yeah. You um, and your husband do that? Yeah, my husband used to work with me every day. I Once I started writing and doing all of that, he kind of realized... I used to run conferences. Yeah. So we had a guy that spoke one time, and he kind of said, like, man, I don't want to always be chasing this dollar sign. Yeah. And this guy had stepped away from corporate America because he adopted a daughter from Ethiopia, and when he got there, they couldn't find her. And oh, so he wow. went on like a three-month-long trek through Africa to find her. And it was like totally this story that mirrored the Lord, you know, just yeah. like going to find the one. And he came back and he was like, I can't do the work anymore. Like I can't do this thing for somebody else's bottom line. Hmm. So through just God's providence and the way that he works, Mike, my husband, was hearing Barrett, the guy who was telling me about this at the conference that I had started. And my husband just had like one of those Holy Spirit come to Jesus moments where he pulled me aside and pulled me into an empty banquet room. And I'm like, there's hundreds of women that are here and I'm supposed to be out there doing this thing. And he pulls me aside. People think we're fighting because he's like (laughs) crying. Is like, this is what my life is supposed to be like. This is what I'm supposed to do. And so he did that with me for about four years. And just recently he, I'm a person I'd like don't ever want another boss. I would be a terrible employee. (laughs) So I have to like keep creating my own. Entrepreneur. Yeah. I have to keep creating my own things to do. We have a very kindred spirit in that way. Yes. Um, But my husband finally got to the point where he was like, I really need an older guy to like lead me. He Mm. really, he appreciates being poured into and mentored. So he actually started working with a guy recently and they do a whole different thing. So to answer your question, long story short, he did do all this with me, but now it's um, just me and then another girl and we do it at the office every day. That's so fun. It is fun. So you 
right, mm-hmm. and you've written one book with a friend of yours, and mm-hmm. now you've just come out with a second book. Yeah. It's like your kind of your solo. It's my release. baby. Yes, yeah. how cool is that? Yeah, and it's um, it's called Preach to Yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us just a little bit about the inspiration behind mm-hmm. this? Because I know it's a really incredible story. Yeah. So the first book that I wrote with Jess Connolly, she's one of my dear, dear friends. We wrote it together. It was great. It We go back and forth chapter right. by chapter. Right. And so you really get the full scope of one whole voice. Yeah. Um, because and what was that book called? Wild and Free. Wild and Free. Okay. Yeah. And it was this idea that God create how God created us was good mm. and we should like walk in how he created us to be. And then also walk in the freedom that Jesus bought for us. Mm. It's a really easy for me to walk in freedom. It's harder for me to walk in like just the who that God made me to be. Mm. But for my friend Jess, it was flipped. So we kind of were like two peas in a pod, two sides of a coin. And so we wrote this book together. And then when the book came out, we sold the book, you know, tens of thousands of women are reading it. And yet I kind of felt like a fraud. I Mm. kind of felt like I am supposed to be this expert on this wild and free thing. And here I am. I can't even conjure it up for myself (laughs) on a lot of days. And it's kind of that feeling of you leave church on Sunday and then who are you on Monday? And I found in my own life, it wasn't a lack of desire. I think sometimes when that's preached, that idea of like, your Monday self should be the same as your Sunday Mm. self. It's not for lack of desire. At least it wasn't for me. It wasn't lack of devotion or obedience to the Lord, but I didn't know how to make my head and my heart connect. Mm. I knew it in my head. I knew the right answer, but I was really having a hard time, like getting it to move down into my whole self. And so this book was born out of that feeling of frustration of like, I know this, I know it. And why I'm telling other people about it why can I not get it to kind of gel? And I think even for Christian leaders, like pastors and people who do um, what I do, who write and speak and all of that, I think that that gap between the head and the heart, they kind of call it an integrity gap Mm, as I started writing and researching. Which sounds really bad, but it's not necessarily... Right, it sounds... It's not not the bad connotation that it sounds like. Right, and they also call it hypocrisy, and that's what the world sees. That also sounds super bad. That sounds horrible, (laughs) right, and that's what the world sees when we don't line up. But the thing is, is as believers, we all... Have, we can't match up perfectly. We have all some the time. level of that. Exactly. Degree, yeah. And I think if we could call it out and just say, like, that's a normal part of being a yeah. believer, a lot of people who do what you and I do, who like teach other Christians how to mm. live the Christian life, I think that we would not feel that we have to hide that yeah. because it exists for all of us to a degree um, in different things. A lot of times, we, the Lord has not invited us into deeper intimacy in a particular area. And so we can know it in our heads. We could have read it in scripture forever and ever, but until we're faced with something in our life that calls us deeper in with the Lord, we don't understand it. And so I wish that we could all just be okay with like, yeah, there are things that we know with our head and still don't understand with our heart and have a hard time walking out in obedience. And if we could just see that that's normal, we wouldn't have to shine up and like make it like, oh, I have all the things together. Totally. Don't you have all of this figured <laughs> out? Yeah. So that was my heart behind the book. And that it was born out of a place of struggle for me, honestly. Mm. Um, I love this, uh, this concept because 
I feel it as a preacher sometimes mm-hmm. where you're, you're tasked with and your calling mm-hmm. is to formulate a message mm-hmm. that kind of gives people this like, you know, almost a, a bow tie on the end. Mm-hmm. It's like, here is how you're supposed to walk through mm-hmm. this. And this is how your heart is supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know, fully engaged in this. And we mm-hmm. say this all the time at church, the same thing mm-hmm. you just said, like, hey, we want what happens on Sunday to mm-hmm. flow out of you into Monday, Tuesday, mm-hmm. Wednesday, you know, all the way through Saturday. And and yet I find myself mm-hmm. um, in the same space of going like, well, I just preach this. I'm not sure if I... Right. Fully, I, I believe it here, mm-hmm. right? It's like the guy in scripture, he says, hey, I yeah. believe, Lord, help me in my unbelief because mm-hmm. I believe it in my head, but I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if it's really gone gone mm-hmm. down to my heart and I almost feel like a fraud yeah. preaching this because, so as you're wrestling with that, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you felt helped you or what are some of the tensions that you had to manage in your mind? What, what do you think helped you yeah. begin to resolve this issue if you have resolved mm-hmm. it? Come well, on, here we are. We're putting a bow on it, right? Yeah, it's done. How have you resolved We've this? We've got it. How it's, have you, yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> um, I... If there's one thing that I care about in my life, it's being authentic. The idea of somebody Mm. hearing something that I write or seeing something I do online and then meeting me in real life and having that not line up, like that's horrifying. Mm. I can't think of anything more embarrassing or mortifying. And so for me, like living wholeheartedly and being a lined up person that has integrity is really important. And so when I found myself with this lack of it felt like lack of integrity to mm-hmm. me. And it wasn't, again, it wasn't like malicious. There was nothing in me that was like, oh, had like a rebellious heart. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I couldn't, it was like a kid that's trying to learn how to walk and they just like can't quite figure it out. Yeah. Like the kid's not wrong. They're just learning. Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt like I was, but it really bothered me. Mm-hmm. I The idea of selling something that I didn't, couldn't do myself just like made me feel icky. And so it was, I just struggled. I mean, I like wrestled with the Lord about it and I probably like drove everybody crazy with it because (laughs) I was like not going forward until we like wrestle this thing to the ground. And I'm, yeah, I mean, it just, it became so much of my own internal struggle and my own process with the Lord. And as I move forward, I realize that when I'm feeling bogged down, when I'm feeling chaotic, when my mind feels confused, when I don't know, I decide to go one way one day and then the next day I think like, ooh, maybe I should go this mm-hmm. other direction. Um, when I feel like I'm carrying burdens that aren't mine to carry, these are ways that I kind of know like, ooh, I probably need to like a tune up with mm-hmm. this. And so the idea of preaching my, to myself really came and it's not perfect. It's I realize that it's kind of like a hygiene thing. Mm. It's like, I, yeah, brushing my teeth every day. Sure, I'd like to like someday graduate out of having to do that. But that's not how that works. <laughs> Reality, like yeah. <laughs> I have to tell my 12-year-old like every day deodorant is important. Um, he'll probably, hopefully he never listens to this. But um, oh. And really it's all my kids. They all have their own things. I have my own things. Um, but this idea of preaching to yourself, like God did not give us this idea to be like a one and done thing. In Mm. fact, I really feel like we want to say victory, victory, victory. Mm. And I found in my life, like there is a victory, but ultimately the victory is in what Jesus has done. Mm. And we have to agree with that victory every day. And that's kind of what preaching to yourself is. It's um, applying the good news to your life every Mm. day. And when I've been the most insufferable and annoying is when I think I have it figured out. Yeah. And because I'm strident with other people, I'm prideful. I think like, well, I have gotten this area of my life figured out. And I, it's because I, I want 
there's something in my heart that wants to check it off, yeah. that wants to be like, cool, got it, got this gospel situation worked out. And in reality, it's just not how it does not how it works because as we grow and as we mature, we're aware of more of what God is calling mm. us to. And so that invites us into another season of like toddling and trying to figure it of out. Wrestling, yeah. And so like we're always gonna be that kid that's mm. like holding onto the side of the table, trying to walk on their own. And I think that's a good place to be. Yeah, I right. think a place of dependency is a good place to be. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the things that in the past couple months has really mm-hmm. profoundly impacted me from that th- mm-hmm. vein of thought is when you look at the, the Jewish people. So like, mm-hmm. you know, there are the Jewish faith is our heritage, you know, mm-hmm. obviously the old Testament is all about the people of Israel, but like kind of the pinnacle of their story, so to speak, or the narrative, we would think it'd be like Moses freeing them out of Egypt, all that. But mm-hmm. God chose to use a guy named Jacob and his name being transferred to Israel to be the namesake for his people. Mm -hmm. And he used an image or a symbol of Jacob wrestling with God. Mm -hmm. And there's this powerful moment where Jacob's wrestling with God saying, hey, bless me, bless me, bless me. And there's this pushing back on, which is interesting because God could have just been like, you know, Mm -hmm. when I wrestle my little Mm four-year-old, I'm like, you know, I could easily defeat mm-hmm. him in a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. One day he may not be able to. So mm-hmm. so I do make sure he is reminded that I am still bigger than mm-hmm. him. You know, I yeah. still have this thing in control. But there's something that was beautiful about the wrestling process mm-hmm. that both blessed Jacob and broke him. Mm-hmm. As God touches, touched his hip, mm-hmm. that kept him in a place of dependence and humility mm-hmm. and integrity. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was what God chose to name his people mm-hmm. in is this like wrestling match. Mm-hmm. And um, as you're, as you were kind of uncovering some of this stuff mm-hmm. and as you are uncovering this mm-hmm. stuff in your life, if you'd be transparent enough, what mm-hmm. would you say, because I'm sure there are a lot of listeners who wrestle with the same exact things. Mm-hmm. What are some of those aspects or areas of your life that you begin to go, I got to preach this to myself. Like yeah. I'm not fully from head to heart here. Mm-hmm. In this. Yeah. Well, in I am in relationship with a lot of young women, like mm-hmm. early tw- early to mid twenties, and I'm thirty three. Just to be fully transparent, nice. with I you just here, turned thirty three too. All right. Well, there we go. We're part of a yeah. lot of clubs. I know. We're also part of the Enneagram Three Club. There's some okay. There's something special going on in this room right now. A lot of threes, the Holy Trinity. We, right? we are going to start making some moves. Come on, Anna. somebody. Let's <laughs> go. It. My preacher's coming it. out now. Here we I go. I love it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm in a relationship with a lot of these women that are kind of just at that like diving board point of their life where they're like launching off into their own. They're kind of pulling away from their parents and their parents' faith and kind of starting to figure out like, how do mm. I do this for myself? And what really... I think sometimes before we see it in ourselves, we see it in other people. At mm. least I can be like that. And I really noticed that a lot of them would profess that the Lord was good, but also were terrified to make a mistake. Hmm. And they professed that there was grace, but they didn't have any grace for themselves. Mm. And they were paralyzed because they had so many people they were trying to please and they would not like just move. And being um, being an Enneagram 3 and just having forward motion as my default, I was like, go, yeah, right. <laughs> jump off the just stinking diving board. <laughs> like there's a whole line behind you. Um, but they just, it was such a struggle. And I watched these young women that would say all the right things. And I really believed that they they believed the right things, that, they're, that they knew the right things in their head. They mm. re- read scripture their whole life. They were brought up in good Christian homes, like all of these check boxes. And yet they 
I could tell that they did not believe that if they jumped and maybe were like slightly off course, that the Lord wouldn't correct them or wouldn't give them grace or wouldn't be there to catch them. Hmm. And so that was what got me started on this was like, what's going on here? Like, you know, the things, but you're not living like, you Mm. know, the things. So what is the problem here? That was one part of it. Hmm. But in my own life, if I'm really being honest, what I, and I talk about this in the book, so this is not a surprise. <laughs> um, but the thing, I talk about bad news loops in yeah, the book, yeah. and it is kind of that thing that we play and repeat in our head. And we don't even know we're saying it most of the time because it sounds just so much like mm-hmm. our own voice. And we've grown up with it since we were tiny. It's a lot of times a coping mechanism to get through life when we were small, a lot like the Enneagram. You mm-hmm. know, I want to be like, I am a three. I do all the things. And really it's like, you're a three. This is why you do the weird things you do. <laughs> Maybe grow a little. Yeah, and yeah. so, but the thing I say to myself from the, the time I hear like one of my kids crying in the middle of the night is I can't do this. Mm-hmm. It's like, my six-year-old gets bloody noses constantly in the middle of the night and I feel like I'm a newborn. I'm like, not only are you crying, but you're spraying blood everywhere. (laughs) Um, And so from that time I hear him, I'm like, I cannot do this. I'm like plodding into the bathroom to take care of him. I can't do this. Even Mm -hmm. when I get back in my cozy bed, I'm like, oh, another day tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I can't do this. And yet I know, like not only from my own history, like I can do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I do this every day. I also like actually do a lot of things. And scripture tells me that I can do this with the Lord. Like, and so that's just a really simple, it's, it's transparent, but it's not like a secret. It's just like, that is what I have to constantly tell myself. And in the book, I talk a lot about how, um, I surveyed 500 women wanted to know like their perspective. Cause I was like, okay, I've got my, like my girls over here that I see their life. I have myself that I can unpack and figure all that junk out. But I want to know like nationwide, what is the thing? Mm -hmm. And so I asked like, what are the top three bad news things that you Mm -hmm. tell yourself? Like we say, we believe the good news, but in my head, it's like a racket of like (laughs) junk all the time. So I wanted to know what that junk was for other people and got 1500 responses because 500 times three is 1500. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the main ones, like they all were different, but they fell into three main buckets and it was, I can't do this. I'm not enough and nothing's Mm -hmm. ever going to change. And so as I was looking at those, I was like, yeah, I can't do this without Jesus. And I'm not enough without Jesus. Mm. And you are so right that in my own flesh, nothing is ever going to change, but with Jesus, it can. And so that kind of was that like simple formula Mm. that like, that is the bow tie for me. But the difficulty of it is the doing it and the hygiene and the practice and the growing in it and the consistency. That's Mm. the part. I mean, I do not like routine. I do not like consistency. If I had my way, I would do something different every day and nobody would be the boss of me and I wouldn't even have to be the boss of myself. Like I could just hang out. But the reality of it is, is that we are healthier and we grow more when we are grounded to those, that kind of scaffolding. Mm. And so I know in my own life that when I am kind of preaching to myself every day that I see the Lord Mm. more. Do you ever feel like you're ever going to master it? No, unfortunately, <laughs> I wish. But do you ever feel like you're in seasons where you're like, whoa, I have this mastered. And yeah. the second you think that, you're like, yeah. okay, yeah. something just so happened. Or like, we're just, back. Or like, oh, yeah. okay. I think, I think it gets easier. I mm. think we grow in our muscle memory of it. Um, a lot of, so my backyard is 
nature-y. Mm-hmm. We bought the backyard because it has these beautiful trees. If you look at our house from Google Earth, you're like, there's a house in there because these trees are so big. And my husband, like when we moved down, he wanted to like landscape it. And I was like, no, it looks <laughs> like a park. It's beautiful. Don't touch it. And he's like, okay. Like, you know, doing that, like, that's not a good idea, but I prevailed partially (laughs) because it was going to be a lot of work. And he was like, okay, if I don't have to. (laughs) And then like 18 months later, our yard did not look like a park anymore. It looked like a nature preserve, Mm. like nature had fought back and it had come to like reclaim the land. Mm -hmm. And so I really think like that mastery of it, it doesn't come in achieving it. Mm. Like there's never going to be a perfect backyard that I have. Right. I could take a picture of it and that would be like a moment that it was perfect. But the reality of it is, is it continues to take like beating back what mm-hmm. nature mm-hmm. is. And I think that that's that fight between flesh and spirit yep. is our flesh. Like, yes, we are of the Lord and we have the spirit of God in us, but our flesh still wants to like come and invade. Mm-hmm. And so much of it is like saying like, nope, Our brains are really efficient and they are made. I talk about geeky, like nerdy brain science in the book, (laughs) Um, but our brains are made so that instead of having to think about how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, our brain like learns that path and then can focus on other important things like breathing and our heart beating and things Mm. like that. And so that's great when we're thinking about making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich because we don't have to like Google how to do it every time. But when we are stuck in patterns of like wrong belief, it's bad because our brain efficiently goes there every time. Mm. If we already have one pathway of that, it's the path of least resistance to go there again. And so the idea of preaching to yourself is the idea of just like blazing the trail in the right direction. Creating a new route. Yeah. Um, I remember one time we did a, a message on the difference between routes and ruts. You know, that just play on words right there, but like having to create new routes Mm -hmm. in your habits, Mm -hmm. you know, Romans 12, one through two, this idea Mm -hmm. of like, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. There's a reason it's called a pattern is because we just slip right into that. Mm -hmm. There's actual, and I think knowing the the science of it all, there actually are ruts or grooves that are formed. Exactly. The neural, neural pathways. And so instead we have to be transformed mm-hmm. by the renewing of our mind yeah, and, um, and create new routes for that. Which this is amazing. something that I kind of like went back and forth with my editor on in the book <laughs> because with... Wait, you Rome, go back and forth in editing processes with books? It's not yeah, just like a finished right, product the there, first time? Right, Come on, right, what's going right. on? I know. I always <laughs> like hold my knew, breath right? when I read... people only knew. <laughs> yeah, I like hold my breath when I read the edits. But uh, Stephanie, my editor, she's wonderful and she's gentle and I'm grateful for that. But she said it is about Romans 12 too. Mm. And um, throughout the book, I said, um, if we renew our mind, God will transform it. Mm. And she was like, can you promise that? Like, Mm. is that true? And she kind of like kept pressing on me about that. And I was like, I think it is. (laughs) It sounds right. I think like I really wrestled with whether to like keep that train of thought in the book or not, because I do feel a lot of responsibility. Mm. Like if you like take somebody's idea to the nth degree, mm. like there can be some like weird stuff For there. Sure. So I feel a lot of responsibility to like being true to the word and not just like making up my own ideas. But I really think it says like 
be transformed right, yeah. by the renewing of your mind. And that means like we can't, we yeah. can't really transform it. Yeah. Like all we can do is be obedient in the practice of it, in the practice of renewing, and then God will transform mm. it. And I don't think it always is overnight. And I don't think it always is magical. And honestly, I hope it's in this lifetime. I do. And I think it is. I think it will happen. Um, but it isn't ever mastered. Mm-hmm. And it is so much of the Christian life. And I want, I'm always thinking of like, what am I leaving for like the women that are just a little bit younger than yeah. me? Because I think sometimes we put like a mantle of burden on people that God never intended. Um, but I wish that we could look and see like so much of the Christian life is just these practices. Mm-hmm. It's just this way that we follow after God. And the it's not about the arriving and it's right. not about the finished product, but the following is is the thing. Yeah. Getting comfortable in that dance. Right. Of, and of it going, is a dance. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you're right. I have the same, I mean, obviously we're both Enneagram mm-hmm. threes. I have this same achievement mentality, mm-hmm. this mastery mentality. Yeah. I feel like that this is a language mm-hmm. that is often thrown out there in culture too. It's like mm-hmm. mastery, you know, mm-hmm. how do Excellence. we, yes. How do we become perfect at mm-hmm. what we're doing? And yet mm-hmm. we all have this very real sense that we're not ever going to achieve perfection. And mm-hmm. even when we think that we do or we have achieved that it. in our heart, yeah, like absolutely. That, that it's not there. And th- I think this is part of just like us recognizing the fallenness of who we are. Mm-hmm. And if we could, if we could, if we could embrace this idea, I think you're dead on. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know, Stephanie, I think she's probably an incredible she's person. Wonderful. But as you're, yeah. as you're like, you know, wrestling there, I'm like, yeah, I've always seen the verse like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. because it is a passive thing. Mm-hmm. We're a passive agent in mm-hmm. this process and God is the active agent mm-hmm. with the transforming mm-hmm. and yet he calls us to be active in something. Mm-hmm. And so there's the dance of, all, of faith. Faith is always take a step and he's going to come through. Mm-hmm. He's going to fill in the gap. So, you know, take a step, he fills it in. Take a step, he fills it in. You see it when it comes to the children of Israel, mm-hmm. you know, crossing in the, into the promised land, the Jordan mm-hmm. River. He goes, hey, put the priests on the front line, have them take a step in the river first. Mm-hmm. And then boom, it's going to dam up and they're going to be able to walk across Mm -hmm. on dry ground. There's this constant prodding of God, it seems like, hey, I need you to trust me in this, take a Mm -hmm. step here by renewing your mind. Mm -hmm. This action right here, this behavior, this habit, this pattern Mm -hmm. is not good for you. Mm -hmm. And it's something that you're so comfortable in, but I'm going to ask you to get out of your comfort zone, Mm -hmm. do something that seems so crazy, like... I, I've never made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. How do I do this for the <laughs> right, first time? You know, right. But then it's going to become a rhythm. It's going mm-hmm. to become a new habit that mm-hmm. is formed. And when you do that, I do show up and mm-hmm. I transform little by little. Mm-hmm. And, and that's been my experience. Yeah. I mean, it's been my experience that God meets me there, that it isn't a mastery. I don't get to just like check it off my list and be done with it. Although I would really like to so I could move on to other things. But... <laughs> Um, he does meet me in the step of faith and in when I push back against my own voice and really like our own voice, that is the, that is the thing that we're wrestling with in our life. And sure. I mean, I don't know about you. I hear lots of other people's voices for sure. Yeah. But I hear my own voice the most from the Mm. moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep. Mm. I hear my own voice and you have to learn to be comfortable in your own head Mm. and in, when you can, it does for you up to really follow after the Lord with a lot more um, faithfulness and abandon because you're not up here tripping yourself up and running yeah. around in like a hamster wheel where you're exhausting yourself, but you're not getting anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I think my brain's like a racetrack a lot of the time. Like, I don't know. I don't know if 
um, your little boy ever had this, but one of those racetracks where like the cars are attached to it and they just keep going and going and going and going, <laughs> oh, yeah. like mechanically. That's how my mind feels a lot of times. It's like noisy and it looks chaotic. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I really don't think that's how God intended our minds to be. I think. And especially in our like noisy modern world where we're always, oh man, we're like inundated with so many things. I think that it's within his power and within his desire for us to calm that and bring peace to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so good. Um, So this idea of preaching to yourself, Mm -hmm. let me ask you this. What exactly are you preaching to yourself? You know, like what is the, Mm -hmm. practically speaking, when you have this whirlwind of stuff going on, because I feel like we all experience Mm -hmm. that, especially like you said, this day and age when it comes to technology, we're constantly accessing our phones. Mm -hmm. We're constantly on, we're constantly connected, even though we probably feel constantly lonely as well. And then, but what what is it that we actually need to preach to ourselves? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in the book, I think there's like, at the back of the book, there's like 16 like kind of antidotes for the things that we might be tempted to mm. believe. Um, but from the three main lies that we believe that I can't do this, I'm not enough, things are never going to change. Like those are three pretty like anti-gospel things yeah, if right. we think about it. Right. And those I really like, if you think of anti-gospel, then you have to bring the gospel into it. Right. And so everything is like, I can't do this but I can with Jesus. I'm not enough, but I am with Jesus. Mm. Nothing is ever going to change, but it can with Jesus. Like I kind of make an addendum and I pull in with Jesus to whatever lie it is that I'm believing. I kind of flip the script and turn it on its head. And it really has to be like a very quick, like mantra kind of thing, Mm -hmm. because our minds are so adept at going so quickly down that path that it has to be something you can pull to mind really Mm -hmm. quickly. And I've tried memorizing scripture and things like that. And it's helpful. I mean, you need that in your like DNA and in your makeup, but I found that making it a really quick phrase. So if there is a short, quick scripture, that's helpful. Um, but it has to be like super quick and something you can just like pull to mind so fast. Mm. Um, but I found that kind of just flipping the script from the lie that you believe. And then I try to think of like how, what would God's voice be to me in that? Mm. Like we know the character of God. And I mean, as much as we can know as humans, and obviously that's more of a case for being in the word and letting the word kind of change who you are, but we know the character of God. And a lot of times I think like, what would I tell my kid? Mm-hmm. Like if I could open up Noah, Cooper, Asher, Eli, if I could open up their brains and I could see their own self-talk because I know even as young as they are, I know that their minds are doing this yeah. too. And what would I say as their mom, as somebody who loves them unconditionally, as well as I can as a fallen human, how would I speak truth to what they're believing? And I've, I have a 12 year old, so mm. I've started to kind of be able to ask him like, what, what are the things that you think about? And mm. they kind of come to light in moments of stress and in mm. moments where um, kind of our upper level executive thinking goes out the window when we almost revert back to like just our baseline self. And I can kind of start to help tease that out of him. And it's really interesting. And it's such a gift and a privilege to be able as his mom to say like, babe, Mm. I know, I know that's what you're telling yourself right now, but let me help you understand. Let me help Mm. you see things from a 30,000 foot view. And let me like tell you the truth about this situation. And I know as a kid, I would have loved to have had parents that were 
could help me process. I was a super private kid. I like didn't, I wanted to like master things over here by <laughs> myself before I showed anybody. And so I did not let my parents into like moments where I felt weak, but it would have been such a gift to me as a kid to have had somebody say like, oh, I'm like, that sounds so sad. That sounds so scary. That sounds so lonely. Let me help you see like, this is the truth. Mm. And what we really get to do is we get to kind of like parent ourselves again. We kind of get to like act like the caring dad or the caring mom that says like, no, no, that is not God's heart for you. Mm -hmm. Like this is God's heart for you. And a lot of it is, I think it has to start at the like self-discovery stage Mm -hmm. and the, what are you really telling yourself? It's a lot of like back and forth with asking God to reveal that. And it is a lot of the like, help me believe better. I talk a lot in the book about how it's not a try harder or do Mm. better. Um, Because I've lived that life. I've lived that like, let me pull myself up by my bootstraps. And especially living in the Midwest, like it is a like, get things done, do it the right way. Don't cause a lot of fuss. (laughs) Don't need other people. Um, And so I've done that. And it just makes me tired and it makes me annoyed with other people for not being Mm. as tired as I am, like not (laughs) trying as hard as I am. And that's like bad for me and also bad for everybody that's around me. Mm. And so it's not a try harder or a do better, but it is a believe better. And I think if we can move our beliefs into a right alignment with who God is, I think it can really change a lot of things. Yeah. How important is it in this process for people to know God's word as they're preaching this stuff to themselves, you know, cause yeah. I think what you're saying, this idea of self-discovery is like, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's like, yeah, that's the first step, mm-hmm. but we are so inoculated with noise mm-hmm. in our culture today that we don't even have the time or the space to mm-hmm. sit down and go, all right, what am I telling myself? Mm-hmm. What kind of voices or lies am I believing? Who mm-hmm. am I? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're just like thrust. We just, go. Life's just go. Mm -hmm. And then not only like discovering what those lies are, but then combating Mm -hmm. the lies with truth Mm -hmm. and the culture that we live in where we are kind of illiterate compared to generations past. We don't like to read in general, but even like Mm -hmm. reading God's word Mm -hmm. and letting God's word, you know, getting in it and getting, letting it get in us. Yeah. How important would you say that is when it comes to this process of preaching to yourself. Yeah, I think unfortunately, and I say unfortunately, like kind of hesitantly, I think it is the most important thing. Mm. And I say unfortunately, because that is, I've been through seasons in my life where like the only accountability question that anybody ever asked me is like, how much have you been in the word? And like, that's just- <laughs> Isn't that a, the worst Yeah, though? it's, it's obnoxious, like, wait a minute, this shouldn't it, be a check. Again, right. it's not this achieving thing. Right, you know? it's, it's obnoxious. It doesn't change anything. No. It's really easy to game that system and be like, not as much as I should. I know, right? Like everybody can say that. So I am really hesitant to like do that. Yep. But I think we need a better vision for what that looks like yeah. when we are actually- seeping, steeping our lives into God's word, like, Mm. or steeping our lives in God's word. Right. And I want us to not just try to hold people accountable to some standard we think that they should meet, but I want us to cast a better vision Mm. for what it looks Mm. like when we do. And I think what it looks like is that we're not exhausted by trying to make our hearts match up with something we've heard in our head because we're living a life where we're constantly seeing God renew us and constantly seeing God moving. And we want more of that. And we're Mm -hmm. excited by that. And we see the power in it that it's not some, and sometimes it feels like, I mean, never doesn't always feel like a joy or like something where I'm like, 
you know, so excited to do, but not every single time I go to the word, but on a whole in seasons of my life, when I haven't been doing that, I can tell. And in seasons of my life where I am really like, I'm just wanting to know what God has for a season. And honestly, normally those are seasons of trials. Yeah. And I, I wish that wasn't <laughs> Which true. Which is kind of like, unfortunate. It's right. like, why, why does it are take we like that? For why, me to, mm-hmm. Yeah. Why are humans like that? I don't know. But I've kind of found myself putting myself in places of intentional neediness mm. brings me back to that place. Yeah. Like no, no good Midwestern American girl wants to be needy. Like that's like the worst. Um, We want to be independent and, you know, think for ourselves and all that. But when we, if we can put ourselves, either if it's risk, somehow getting to the end of yourself, Mm -hmm. like stepping out in trust of what God's going to do, somehow putting ourselves in a position of known neediness Mm. because we are needy, whether we want to admit it or not, we can't do anything apart from the Lord, but we don't always know that. So we have to like put ourselves in a place where we're aware of it. And those are the times where I found it most exciting to go to God's word because I'm like, gotta have it. Like this is the thing that's going to change it. And I know when I don't have it because I'm over here exhausted and trying to hustle and do things myself and that doesn't feel healthy. So I don't know. What does that look like? I'm going to turn the table. Oh, here we go. Yeah. What does that look like for you? Like sometimes, again, not to go back to the Midwestern thing, because maybe it's not like this everywhere, yeah. but I think that there's a thing that says like, don't be too risky. Don't right. like put yourself right. out there and expect God to show up. How do you kind of place yourself in a place of intentional oh, neediness? Well, I would agree with you. I think that's a fantastic way of, of phrasing mm-hmm. it too, of this putting yourself in intentional neediness. Mm-hmm. I kind of like to think of it as like desperation. Yeah. Like how do I live life in such a way like with with these big visions, the big mm-hmm. dreams, the big God-sized goals, not mm-hmm. like the own flesh goals that's like, mm-hmm. man, this would be really nice because this would make me look really awesome or this mm-hmm. would really boast my name. But like, mm-hmm. what are the God-sized visions mm-hmm. that he's put in my heart and he's downloaded that if I start to go after those things, mm-hmm. I, I literally have to have the mindset of like, God, if you don't show up, I'm screwed. Mm-hmm. We've put everything totally out stupid. on the line here <laughs> and I need yeah. you to show up, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, in, and in small things. This morning I was preaching... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At a middle school chapel and a high school chapel, and I'm Tough 33 now. Exactly, and I'm going. <laughs> I'm dry, you know. I'm used to preaching in a lot of different environments and mm-hmm. um, in a lot of different walking in cold turkey on certain things. And I was nervous walking mm-hmm. in with these middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah, going. I'm so I'm driving, listening to some worship music. Actually, I'm almost ashamed to admit this, but like, like actually starting to weep because I'm going. God, I need you to show up here. I don't yeah. know how to connect to a 12 year old yeah. right now. I yeah. don't know how this message I have in my heart translates to a 12-year-old yeah. in their situation. I need you to show up. But instead of shying away from those circumstances, mm-hmm. allowing that to fuel this desperation for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think the way I'm trying to think about God's Word and what I want to lead people into is is don't do this thing as a checkbox. Mm-hmm. Don't read the Bible. There was an old thing that a, a guy at a youth camp when I was growing up in youth group that he said, don't read the Bible to finish, read the Bible to change. Mm-hmm. And what if it, what would it look like if we actually just started asking God to give us an insatiable hunger and desire mm-hmm. for his word? Mm-hmm. You know, David, the psalmist talks mm-hmm. about it being honey mm-hmm. on his lips, mm-hmm. you know, and like, What does it look like instead of just going and doing these disciplines, these rigorous, Mm -hmm. strict disciplines, which we know will lead us in the way of life, but what does it look like for us to actually like grow a desire for Mm -hmm. that, you know, in the Mm -hmm. same way that I don't want to do the dishes when I go home, but my wife's been at home cooking all day, dishes are piled up. 
Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to do this, but it is a, it, it is a discipline that I, that I do not because I'm like, well, I got to do this to check this box, but it's like, right. no, I love my wife mm-hmm. and I love the harmony it creates in our home mm-hmm. when we're going to bed and, the, mm-hmm. and it's a clear it's, kitchen, yeah, you're it's ready clean for the next and we're waking up the next mm-hmm. day and the coffee's perking on the pot and it's like, mm-hmm. wow, this is really, it just feels, oh, there's a yeah. joy, there's a harmony there. Mm-hmm. What would it look like if we approached the spiritual disciplines mm-hmm. like that, where mm-hmm. it's like, Maybe this isn't what I want to do right now, mm-hmm. but I'm going to trust that as I engage in this, God's going to grow my heart for it. And yeah. then there's going to be seasons where I wake up and I'm like, I want this. Mm-hmm. I need this. This is the only kind of satisfaction mm-hmm. that I can get, you know? Yeah. I I have bucked spiritual disciplines for my whole Christian life. <laughs> like there's, I just, I feel like it's, yeah, I just have, but I'm finding that it's easier to walk with the Lord when we, mm. like, it's just dumb to try to reinvent the wheel and yep. takes a lot of extra energy. And we've had thousands of years of believers who've gone before us. Like, why would we not learn from them? Yeah. So I'm starting to kind of look at the idea of like spiritual disciplines, bringing like wonder in our mm, life and helping it, yeah. us see God more. So that's kind of like the current thing that's, that's tumbling around. It's, it's like mm-hmm. stirring in you right now. Starting to, Have yeah. you read Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster? No, but I have it. Okay. It's one of those. It is one of those like, where you're like, I don't know if I want to read that. <laughs> Celebration of Discipline. Right. You know? I love discipline. It's I know, so fun. I know. It is something so like, be, you're right. If mm-hmm. we grew up in kind of conservative mid- mm-hmm. Midwest, it's like the thing that well, is. And achieve like. Right. I, growing up as a kid who like knew how to like get the pat on the back totally and like just did it cause, teacher's pet yeah mm-hmm. like and I don't know I kind of grew up and when I like figured grace out I was like oh Whoa. yeah like I don't want that's how I got my checking off the box is how I got my approval growing mm. up and so I'm very cognizant of not going back to that yep, and good. so it always has to be something for me other than checking off the box and that's where I'm that's currently right. what I'm trying to kind of tease out. Like, yep. is there a way to go forward in spiritual disciplines that isn't out of duty or obligation? Yeah. Like, and I know there is. I'm just trying to It's find like, how it. does that actually... Yeah. And I think that's the practical raw material mm-hmm. that so many people are in right mm-hmm. now where they're going, how do I go to the Lord, not to try to get His approval, yeah. but because I already From have His it. approval. Yeah. Right. Like, how yeah. do I go and sit in that and... Mm-hmm. In, joy and adventure and wonder and mm-hmm. be like, man, this is so great. I feel mm-hmm. at home with who I am, yeah. who he's made me to be when I'm mm-hmm. resting in some of these disciplines, mm-hmm. whether it be... So for me, reading the Bible is like, I love reading the Bible because mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a, I'm a knowledge guy. Mm-hmm. I'm a history guy. Mm-hmm. I love see connections. It's part of the preaching thing. Yeah. I see images. And all that. But prayer to me is the thing that I yeah. really struggle Sitting with still because and... I'm a doer. Yeah. I'm like, cool, got it in the Word. I'm going to go do it. You yeah. know, it's the same thing you're talking yeah. about. Like, well, I'm jumping. Let's go. Yeah. I'm, and my church is doing like a, their whole push right now is disciple making. And it was so irritating to me because I kept trying to do it in my own strength. And mm. I kept trying to like, okay, I'll go form this group and I'll go do this. And it's everything <laughs> I've always like done. And I was so irritated because they kept being like, you need to go back and like intercede for the people who mm. are su- you're supposed to be leading. Like this is not the same as like going and leading a Bible study. Like yeah. this is in- walking intentionally with a few people. And I was so irritated because I was like, um, nope, forward action is where I would like to go. Right. I... Like I will, and I do, I learn from doing. And so I just thought I could do the same thing here. Thought I could start and then I'd figure it out. And the Lord kept just like not letting it work out. And I was so irritated. And I learned that same thing of like, 
yeah, it's because I'm not starting where I need to start. Right. And it's a good slash hard <sighs> lesson. <laughs> it's so hard. It like I keep telling myself, Davey, you, you see the most forward progress happen when you are completely dependent on the Lord. Yeah, I know. When you've got when you've like sought his face, when mm-hmm. you're on your face, when you're crying out to him, you're asking him to move. You've seen the most forward progress. Why do you keep slipping back into this? Okay, yeah. cool. I got it now, God. Yeah. Let me take over. Yeah. I got this. Oh, I see what you're doing. I got it. Yeah. I can take it from here. Yeah. I'm no good. big deal. You know, like yeah. why? And I I'm so frustrated with that. I think maybe that's the process mm-hmm. of this renewing your mind mm-hmm. that is this lifelong yeah. process that you you've been talking about and that you're talking about in this book. And I love yeah. what you said about this idea of like you're gonna grow in it and then you're gonna realize there's more there's so many more facets mm-hmm. and layers to this. And you get to go further in. Um yeah. there's the passage like after the last supper um where jesus takes the disciples into the garden of gethsemane he talks about or he invites everybody in and then he asks a few to Mm. go in deeper with him and those are like his closest confidants his closest people and i like try to keep that picture in my mind of like he he will continue to draw me in deeper with mm. him and i can go and i can choose to go or i can stay here and i can still know the lord i can mm. still be close to the lord but will i be intimate will i be wow. a confidant and an intimate few and not that it's more or better than anybody else but in my own yep. life like will i stay at the entrance to the garden yep. or will will i follow him when he invites me wow. further this word confidant that you just used mm-hmm. what an incredible picture of like think about the idea that God is like we're a confident to God, confidant to God, or mm-hmm. we could be like Jesus. We can be a confidant to Jesus. And the first yeah. time I started wrestling with that concept, I love that you use that because I was like, well, what what does Jesus need to confide in me for? Right. He knows everything. He's right. got everything. But really, the idea of a confidant is, mm-hmm. hey, I'm gonna tell you something that I, I it's in confidence. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna tell anybody else. Mm-hmm. And to think that our relationship with Jesus could have that kind of nature, yeah. where He's like, I'm gonna tell you some mysteries that's only reserved for you. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. six billion people on this and planet, and there's so much of the Lord. Like He's not gonna run out of those right. things, which is so cool. Yeah, you, pragmatism you know, wants to say that there's not enough. That He couldn't do that totally. for everybody. Like, oh no, He doesn't. Yeah. Nope, He doesn't do that. But like mystery, we can see like how I'm on this kick of like wanting to see how big God is. Like, can we not have a bigger vision for who God is? Can we not get more excited about it? Um, And that's kind of where I'm trying to live my life from right now. I, I just feel like, I don't know what it is about this like culture. I feel like we're kind of in like a shifting of generations a little bit, but there's so much... I, th- I think maybe it's in response to the, like, I'm doing big things for the Lord. Mm. Like that, when you see that on social media, I think there's a kickback response, a pushback to like, but the small and faithful right, is good. Right. And the small and faithful is it good is, and it yeah. is necessary. It's why even people who are quote unquote doing big things for God, they're still 99.99999% of their life is, is the, the small, small and faithful mm-hmm. and quiet things. But like, can we not believe bigger of God? Yeah, for like, sure. And not that we have to do big things, but that he is big and right. that he's worthy. And I mean, that's exciting. That's what you give your whole life that's for. That's it, yeah. You know, you don't give your whole life for a checklist. Yeah, you're definitely a three. Is it? And we could okay. sit here and talk about this for hours. <laughs> the um, the small things, the being small and the faithful are the mm-hmm. building blocks 
mm-hmm. you know, the daily building blocks mm-hmm. to the the big calling that God has in your yeah, life. Yeah, and the big and, calling may not be public, nope. and it may not look nope. um, it may not look like raising a million dollars for yeah. something or preaching in front of thousands of people. Like it is something that I'm very because I know, like I see in my kids, they the thing that all of them want to be is famous. Mm-hmm. Like not just my kids, but their <laughs> friends. Like they don't want to be rich. They don't right. want to be successful. They want to be famous. Right. And so I am very quick to say like that our small faith, our small acts of faithfulness may not amount to something that's public or seen or heard from anybody else, but it will amount to, I think, opening doors of like more fruitful relationship Mm. with the Lord. And I don't know what that looks like for everybody, but I know that it's more of him. And I know that more of him is only a good good thing. thing. That's so good. Wow. Well, Haley, it's awesome to have you here. The book is called Preach to Yourself, and it's available everywhere, right? Anywhere. All the places. So great. So great. Um, So you definitely need to pick up a copy of that. You can find a copy of that also on our podcast page to make that super convenient for you. You can just scroll down right there and and find it along with some more information on Haley. Perfect. This was so fun. Thank you. This was amazing. We need to do another hour of this. I know. Let's do it. And not even talk about anything except for just what comes to our mind as Enneagram 3. So fun. Let's do it. (laughs) The world clearly needs more. Uh, Definitely (laughs) needs more. (laughs) That's horrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much, Haley. Thanks for having me. Man, what a fun interview with Haley. I know. I felt like I was talking in a mirror when I was talking to her. Oh, yeah? Before the interview, we started talking a little bit about how we're both three wing four enneagrams, okay. and it was like, oh my gosh, you get me, it's amazing. <laughs> it so bit. what you're saying is, you are the, you are the male version of Haley. P- quite possibly. Okay. Quite possibly. Yeah. It's insightful. Yeah, I'm the yeah I'm the male version. You of almost Haley. said you were the female <laughs> version. <laughs> Clarifying my, statement. Many of my friends would say that I am a female. I mean. <laughs> I'm I pretty you. sure I'm the female in the relationship between with Christy and I. I'm pretty you sure. You say that a lot, yeah. I am pretty sure. <laughs> I was listening to um, one of your messages in the kitchen. Well, at this point, I guess it's been a couple months ago. Um, and you you had said uh, that that you are the girl in the relationship. But Kent, my husband, he was in Res Kids yeah. um, that week, and he like just looked at me. He's like, "Did he really just say that?" And I was like, "Yep, he yep. did." <laughs> I'm the girl in the relationship. Hey, you embrace it. It's fine. Totally. Wow. Totally. I'm feeling forward. I just feel, feel, feel all of it. Man. And Christy thinks. She uses, she makes much better decisions than I do because I'm like heart decisions. Yeah. Well, that shouldn't be necessarily no. a gender thing, I don't think, but Mm-mm. I think I just feel a little bit more like a girl. I don't think I it feel, makes it like a better decision. Did I say I feel? Can I say it one more time? I feel. A I'm feel. just kidding. Feel. What were you saying? Uh, nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. Um, so <laughs> Haley Morgan's book. We're still trying to figure out exactly what I am in the relationship right now. Yeah. That's all right. That's we're, okay. he- we're here for you. Well, thank you. Yes. You're Can welcome. This, we could turn this into a counseling session right no, now. No. It's the outro. We don't have time. Oh, that's true. I'm sorry, man. That's true. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> so Haley Morgan's book, Preach to Yourself, <laughs> Preach is to out yourself. now. Don't hesitate to get it. Run to your local bookstore. 
If you drive, you might get there a little faster, <laughs> but you can run if you want to um, and grab that book, Preach to Yourself. Um, uh, if you want more information about Haley, any other resources um, that she might have out there in the global universe, uh, you can head to davyblackburn.com slash podcast. Awesome. And um, we have an incredible podcast coming up next time for the last podcast of 2018 it is our second annual noepabos noepabos yes do you i i can't remember what noepabos means oh as she clears her throat okay here it comes noepabos is the nothing is wasted end of the year podcast best of spectacular oh man it's gonna be awesome we're gonna do some clips from some of the best interviews that we had in 2018, give mm-hmm. you some of those just kind of highlights. We're also answering questions. Many of you guys have written in questions, yeah, we so we're going to be do some, doing some Q&A. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily and I will be. It'll be really, really great providing some additional content for you and yep. just going over some of the fun it's that true. we had. And we want to thank Sleeping at Last for providing all the music. Make sure you download his music. Thanks, Rydog. Anywhere. Rydog. <laughs> Probably never heard. He's probably never been called that. Anywhere where music can be downloaded and streamed. And until next time. Ooh, no way, Babos. We'll see you on the Nothing's Wasted podcast.